Welcome to Can I Kick It? This is a podcast about film festivals. My name is Jesse Catherine Weber, and for another dispatch from the Toronto International Film Festival, I am joined by writers Anna Swanson and Meg Shields. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Thank you so much for being here. We are almost at the end of the festival, though I think I have a few things I'm going to try to fit in today. Uh, nice. But yeah, uh, we didn't talk about how we're going to structure this, but <laughs> uh, there, there's a couple of movies at least that we've all seen. Uh, why don't we start maybe with Power of the Dog? Sorry, I just need to say when you were, when you were like, there's a couple of movies we all all seen. I'm I'm so tired at this point of Tiff that I was like, yeah, like you know, Citizen Kane, I guess, is one of those. <laughs> We've all seen that. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Can you imagine if I was like, actually, haven't? Oh my god. <laughs> it's been a long time, but I have seen it. Yes, but yes, there are some festival films we've all seen. Back um, uh, last month or last Friday, same thing. We saw Power of the Dog. <laughs> mm-hmm. Power of the Doggy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think we were even all at the same screening though. I was up in a balcony, so I didn't see anyone. Oh wow! I and I, Anne and I were like right up at the screen, yeah, we were, so we, were we didn't okay. see anybody. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just being enveloped by not Montana. <laughs> the moment I saw like certain planes, I was like, "That's New Zealand." Yeah, <laughs> this is where they film Lord of the Rings. Yeah. You can't fool me. <laughs> nice try, Jane. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Power of the Dog is Jane Campion's first film since Bright Star that she's done the two seasons of Top of the Lake. Uh, it stars. Benedict Cumberbatch, Kirsten Dunst, uh, Jesse Plemons, and Cody Smith-McPhee. And it's hard to say what it's about because you don't really figure out what it's about until like the last 20 five minutes. minutes. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's broadly a family drama set in Montana in 1925 about like ranchers and and if you like johnny greenwood's score yes. for there will be blood boy oh boy will you like johnny greenwood's score for the power <laughs> of the dog yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i mean the the broad setup is that uh plemons and cumberbatch are brothers and uh plemons meets kirsten dunst and they get married and, and then they also star in this movie <laughs> that's true <laughs> Uh, and their characters get married <laughs> as well. Yes, yes. Uh, and yeah, yeah Jesse Plemons Dunst. Love him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Cody Smith McPhee is Dunst's daughter, and uh, the movie starts with Cumberbatch's character being very uh, distrustful of and hostile to Dunst and Smith McPhee, and then. 
I don't know. They're, I mean, it has this kind of chapter uh, structure where each chapter is both, like, kind of from a different point of view mm-hmm. and, like, you don't really know what the next one's going to be about. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I really liked it. I couldn't, again, I couldn't tell that I liked it until the end. Um, yeah. I, I had the same experience. I think for probably... 90% of the runtime, I was like, this is fine. It's all right. Like, you know, there's some interesting stuff here. And then, like, kind of the plot happens, and you're like, oh, right. okay, that's what this has been about the whole time. And I, I think mm-hmm. it's something that I think we, like, I, I liked it, but I kind of struggled with, like, the process of it because I think there's sort mm-hmm. of just some, there's some, like, necessary evils of just, like, the movie has to kind of be not boring, but unfocused. Yes in order Mm -hmm. to kind of pull off what it does. And I think that, I mean, I think it's good that it doesn't tip its hand too early, but it kind of just gives you some breadcrumbs to like follow along. And I think when you sort of look at it in retrospect, there's a lot that you can kind of contextualize and be like, oh, that's what that was. That's what that was. That's what that was. So I had an extremely frustrating viewing experience because Mm -hmm. like you don't look at something like the power of the dog and think that it has like something that can be spoiled. Yeah. But it does. And I like, I got... 100p spoiled for this film Mm. and it meant watching it with the structure it has where like plot only happened 10 minutes before end of where you were kind of waiting for was like very frustrating so i feel Mm -hmm. like unable to comment on the film because i feel like i had not an ideal first encounter that's fair i mean i think like there's there's sort of like objective metrics or as objectives we can get where i think the film excels like it is beautiful the score is stunning like you know all the sort of like ticking boxes of right. like what makes a movie good you right. know i mean everyone like, is it very, does like it's a camp everyone's film. very she knows good what she's in doing it. the acting is, yeah yeah and like i should say like even knowing what happens like there's enough to like look at and enjoy mm-hmm. that, like, right it's, it yeah. wasn't a waste of time yeah <laughs> but i but i do think that this is going to be a tough film because i can all already kind of see that I think a lot of people are going to end up in your position where I key aspects are going to become big talking points of the film yeah. right. that like people won't kind of treat with like any sort of spoiler consideration because it's mm-hmm. yeah it's I don't know it's tough I think and this is obviously a very obnoxious thing to say coming from a film festival but I think hopefully people can see this before it kind yeah. of becomes the big the thing of the town it's, yeah like, yeah, like I, I mean I, they I imagine that seeing this may or may not be able it. to see it right now depending on uh your uh, levels of morality don't know what you're talking about um <laughs> but no yeah i think like it's it's tough because i think the best way to watch this movie is to see it with zero context mm-hmm. and just kind of i think also in a theater like i could totally see if i watched this at home the frustration would kind of maybe Absolutely. push me away from it. But I think when you mm-hmm. kind of have to be focused because mm-hmm. you're in a theater, you kind of don't get the option to fully check out the way that you can with movies that seem very slow or unfocused um, or frustrating. Like I think kind of like the way that I, I kind of experienced it was I think the most opportune way. And so I hope that people can kind of get that, you know, cause I do think that when you kind of go into the film, not knowing anything about it and you mm-hmm. let it surprise you, that's where I think it's really going to excel. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, yeah. I do wonder like how people who have read the book are going to react because that's a different experience where you haven't necessarily had it spoiled for you. You just mm-hmm. have already gotten the story, uh, 
And yeah, like I definitely, I think it will be interesting to see how it plays for people rewatching it as well. I agree that like it's going to be a tough movie to just like put on on Netflix. Like I wouldn't have given up on it because it's a Jane Campion mm-hmm. movie and there's plenty of like stuff to look at. But like <laughs> I can definitely imagine like watching the first two thirds of this movie over a period of several days before mm. figuring before actually getting into it. Yeah, I think just unfortunately the way that the average person consumes a movie on Netflix mm. and the way that this mm-hmm. movie should be watched are polar opposites. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um which I don't know. I mean it's it's a like I do like it. Like I feel like I'm talking very like oh like I don't you know I think but it's because I, we're worried for it because yes. it's like obviously a very good film. I think it's it's there's right. a lot of circumstances yes. that threaten to like I pull the rug from from under it. Yeah, you have to go through a process with it and then it becomes deeply rewarding and I Which don't like sounds want... obnoxious. Like no, that but sounds it's like tr- the kind yeah. of thing like dirtbag film people say where they're like, Oh, you just have to suffer for a while but that's yeah. then it's right. I mean film. Yeah. it's I I would agree, but like it seems like even it seems like it's done very well with audiences. Interest kind of surprisingly, like I know there was a uh, a poll of just like general Telluride audiences, which is like the most like uh, I'm just a rich person who's gonna spend too much money to go see a bunch of movies, and like the the that the top of that poll was Power of the Dog, so yeah. apparently. It is going up. I mean, again, that's well. also I mean, people. That's also people who are are seeing this in a theater with yeah, no true. contact, with probably no context of it. They're going in fairly blind, which is kind of the opportunity right. to like see when it. When my like, dad tries to watch it on Netflix, sure, I yeah. don't know how that's going to go over. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also, that, I think there's. Sense. I, I'm I'm very curious to see how this plays out because I think obviously Campion is a phenomenal filmmaker, but I think that the film plays with some like thorny ideas mm-hmm. and i'm i'm curious to see how like that kind of thing i don't know almost like rubs up against certain expectations mm-hmm. i don't know I'm not. Yeah, I mean, speaking of expectations, like Benedict Cumberbatch has another film at TIFF that is like way more in his comfort zone. Right. That is like an awards-seeking film mm-hmm. in a totally different and much more pernicious way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was like really delightful, even though like personally, I don't know if his performance worked for me a hundred percent of the time. And like, yeah, but mm-hmm. but I do think like. It is the most interesting thing I've seen him in because mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. being he's oh, yeah. totally out of his comfort zone and yes. it's mm-hmm. interesting to watch. Yeah. So Yeah. yeah it was I definitely forget. surreal to like watch Power of the Dog and then watch The Electrical Life of Louise Vane where I was yeah. like, Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Doing your thing. <laughs> yeah, I forget who it was that I saw call uh Cumberbatch's performance, uh, his Jack Nicholson performance, but it's definitely, like, a better, if it is that, it's definitely, like, a better Jack Nicholson impression than, like, the last time someone was accused of that, which was, uh, Cranston, in, I mean, Cranston was playing a Nicholson character in Last Mm -hmm. Detail, or not Last Detail, in Last Flag Flying, Mm -hmm. uh, it's definitely more interesting than that, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Right. But anyway, reports, like, legends of it being good movie are true. Yes. 
and mm-hmm. would really caution people against reading anything about it if you've managed to stay in the dark to this point. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As a spoiled, as a spoiled person. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, do we want to move on to Titan? Yes. Ah, uh, the French. <laughs> oh, the French. <laughs> I guess I should lay my cards on the table that I really just did not care for it. Uh, And unfortunately, not in a way where anything about it, like, bothered me or where I'm like, oh, it's just like I mostly found it boring, which was really unfortunate for a movie. I was seeing it midnight, and so I think I behold the... Part of it is just me holding the it making me tired for the rest mm. of the festival against it. But yeah, I just, I mean, I don't like Raw all that much, but I think that is at least an interesting movie, which I somehow didn't find Titan to be. See, I, I mean, I, I loved Raw. I think Raw is like, mm-hmm. Raw was a movie that I was like, ah, oh, yes, this is for me. Thank you very much. I'll take <laughs> it. Um, no, I had, I had a great time with Tatane. Like, I, I, mm-hmm. whatever Julia DeCorno, I don't know how to say her last name, but we're just gonna so go with that. Right. The French, um, whatever <laughs> she's vibing with, I'm feeling it. Like, mm-hmm. I just think I'm, I'm on her wavelength. I like her a lot. I do think I like Raw maybe slightly more, but I still, I had a really good time with this. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely not like. As like some people came out of Tatane being like, "Fuck yeah, like, yeah," cr-. and I was no, it's of, not, it's not a five star movie. No, like it's I, I not kind easy. of what the no. Yeah. I think it's more like really impressive that this, that that narrative, that like wholesome found family narrative, gets yes. to be that weird. Yes. Like I think that's more yeah. fun. Like I also just kind of love that she gets to be on her bullshit. Like yes. I'm kind of like right. people have been calling Tatane good for her cinema, and I'm like, no, I'm talking about the director when I say that. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I'm so happy she gets to make movies mm-hmm. like this. Yes. Also, some it's of just so like, yeah unequivocally the best dance scenes of the festival. Like I could have watched if that movie was just dancing, I would have been happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I probably would have been happier. Yeah, and actually, the more I think about it, like the parts of the film that worked for me were the parts at the fire hall that were like way more slow and intimate which yes. mm-hmm. what if you what wouldn't if firemen but bo travai yeah it was like firemen <laughs> bo travai yes. i was like great i'll, I'll absolutely take mm-hmm. yeah i'll absolutely take we have bo travai at home <laughs> <laughs> but like i was expecting the more sensational midnighty parts of the film to be what made it valuable but i actually right. think it's the slower more personal parts and like i'll admit i haven't seen raw but mm-hmm. i wonder if maybe that's you'll what's... admit it <laughs> I'll admit oh it. my god! He oh, admitted. oh my god! He admitted. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. I like. I'm really excited to hear people's thoughts on Tatane because I don't think that I've come up with a cohesive thesis about how I think about it. And but yeah. like compared to everything else at TIFF, it is a grand old time. Yes. No, and I think I think it's interesting. Like even just kind of how you talk about the sort of the more like tender, tender personal <laughs> stuff. Like, it's funny to Body me. horror. Yes. Wholesome. Yes. Tender. Yes. <laughs> like, I do think that is actually quite a significant part of the film. And I think it's, I, I think, like, I understand why, you know, kind of the, 
the 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 can reaction of you know here's a 50 minute standing ovation (laughs) because it's a phantasmagorical you know trippy um like (laughs) no like all the all that sort of stuff i think that is kind of there's scenes in the movie and there's little pockets of the story where like but it, it kind of gets what makes it valuable yes like, like that's I not think, its best foot for i right. think there's I like a, a small handful of scenes that are kind of that like outrageous hyper violent thing and like those are pretty significant they are impactful like i actually really like how she works with like violence and gore i think it's it's good um but yeah i don't know i i think that the the sort of stuff that happens in the film, some of the later developments are kind of the thing that I'm probably going to think about more. Same. Like, you know? I don't think about certain bathroom scenes. I don't well, think that was of, a very good scene. Yeah, it is. But, like, but that's fleeting, right? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. these intense kind of, like, adrenaline pumping. Yeah. I've like, seen someone break their own nose. Like, it's... it's yeah, like, it, and also just, like, um, sure. yeah. that has limited residuals, whereas mm-hmm. I think, like, some of the more um, caring emotionally charged uh, moments in the latter half of the film. I wish I could remember the character's name, but um, man who was yeah. in Bastards. Vincent Linden. Oh, sure. mm-hmm. Vincent Linden. I'll share my really big brained idea, which oh. will never happen. This is, I'm very smart, Anna, and this is a good thought. Like, when they remake Tatane in English, <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, Vincent Linden's character should be played by Thomas Matheford Cruz III. <laughs> by Tom Cruise <laughs> I actually think it's good casting it'll never happen it, yeah. it's such good I casting but it's never... perfect casting yeah. I do feel like this is your version of my belief that Tom Cruise needs to work with Claire Denis yeah this is as close as we're sure. going yeah. uh-huh. like just get him get him with the French I just like can make him do make, a movie in France can you make him like a frustrated like tender dad like I'd love that <laughs> yeah. for him make him dance make him dance make Tom mm-hmm. dance make Tom mm-hmm. dance 2021 is my political presidential bid <laughs> <laughs> make Tom dance mm-hmm. but yeah I don't know yeah. like, it, we, like very we can't few keep films. watching Tropic Thunder no <laughs> Meg would kill me if she I, had to I keep watching Tropic Thunder um, <laughs> um, what was I going to say uh, I will say like uh, it's very rare that you watch a film where like you know how like whatever they killed Janet Lee at the beginning of Psycho and then it's like anything can happen or they like kill Drew Barrymore at the end of Scream and they're like well now anything the beginning can happen of Scream. The beginning of Scream. Yeah, that's what you I said. said the end of Scream. I meant beginning. <laughs> um, that would be like my venom. Like, <laughs> sorry. Sometimes I don't remember when things happen in movies, <laughs> but um, I very like infamously Anna likes to remind me. It was like Anna, let's watch Venom, and then we'll stop at the convenience store scene, forgetting that that's the last scene in the film. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, this is a movie where anything can happen. But yeah, this is act like like I knew more than most people, I think. But even mm-hmm. then when things were happening, I was like, shit, I actually have no idea where this is going. Yeah. And like, that's kind of exciting, like in a landscape where things are so formulaic and predictable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Truly all I knew about this sure. movie going in was like woman car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I knew a bit more than that, but yeah. like, even then I don't think it helped me. Yeah. <laughs> like I still was like very not sure where mm-hmm. we were going, but like in a way that's fun, mm-hmm. not in a like, how does this tie together? It was more yeah. just like, I, I don't know what's next. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I, I see that, I guess, I just, like, never, you know, it is unpredictable where it's going, but then I just, like, never found any of those 
moves to be especially interesting. I mean, part of it is I think I'm just like, I'm not really, I certainly don't dislike horror, but there's, it's not something that I prioritize and there is plenty of like, especially the kind of more arty end of horror that I do end up disliking. And I think I am particularly hostile to the like, oh, this movie is so outrageous of like, that happened with Raw too. And just like, it sets me up to be like, nah, there's no way it really is. Which like, you know, objectively, like people are very upset by this movie, but like, I I just didn't see that movie. Again, I would caution people that like, as much as like banana stuff happens like like mm-hmm. crazy shit what's valuable isn't that right. like mm-hmm. that like right. you will that will leave your mind that will leave the discourse and what i actually think like makes this film whatever the the legs it has to stand on are like not not the body horror not yeah. the shock value not the things that kind of fit into reaction tweets yeah so like yes I'm I'm excited for eight months from now yes. when that has all died down and people start to sure. really dig into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like thrilled for the French. They're just like truly. <laughs> I I do think it's kind of insane that this movie won the Palme d'Or. It, it's not. There it like all tracks. I think that's why it's funny. It's like I of guess. course yeah. you do that. The Palme d'Or, like, but like sure. <laughs> movies winning like festival prizes can be a no. It means nothing. Yeah. Doesn't yeah, mean it means nothing. It's like nine people like the movie. I mean. You know, having seen other movies, some of which did win awards, like it's certainly hard for me to. It is hard for me to imagine uh, the the group of people who prefer to ton to Memoria or who prefer it to drive my car. But like, obviously, that group of people exists uh, because I mean, I'm I would, not on every film festival, Jerry. I would rather people be hyped for Titan than some of the other whatever genre things that were put forward at TIFF mm-hmm. this year. Like, if that's what they like, I'm like, that's fine. Yeah. You can mm-hmm. have that. I, I'm curious to see, like, what kind of horror do you gravitate towards? Like, I'm just curious, sort of. Uh, right. I mean... <laughs> or nothing. That's fine. No, I mean, like... I think it's pretty very just, like, case by case. Like... That's fair. There's... Like, there's stuff from the A24 kind of whatever that I love and, like, stuff that I really hate. There's, like, you know, usually I can put on whatever. I mean, like, if I went to my letterbox and, like, uh, (laughs) filtered to horror and then sorted by my star rating, you would have to go through, like, ten things that aren't really horror movies before you got to a real one, I'm sure. Uh, But, yeah, like, I can, yeah. It's hard because I think, like, it's totally okay for films to not be for everyone. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Like, that's ultimately my take on Dune, as just, like, (laughs) it's so okay for things not to be for everyone. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't have to make everyone happy. But at the same time, if a film only works for a small group of people, there will be consequences for that. So I think that's kind Mm -hmm. of, like, ultimately where I land on Detain, where I'm like, it's okay that there are many, many people who are not going to be able to yeah. watch this mm-hmm. or won't mm-hmm. like it. Yeah. Um, but I, I am looking forward to the like boiling over pot, settling down on the reactionary mm-hmm. stuff and mm-hmm. for us to like actually dig into the meat of what, yes, what makes it, gives it substance. 
which I think is the tender moments at the end of the film. Mm -hmm. Right. And it is, I think it might work well that it seems like Neon's strategy is just like, they're going to put it out everywhere at the same time. So that pot will be allowed to boil over very quickly instead of like the slow release that you often get with like art house. Yeah. I'm kind of glad Neon got this. I think it, it, Mm -hmm. it seems to suit them and I'm glad that it's going to get like, a proper release like i could have seen they've had a great going. year between this and pig it, like i yeah. think they're really doing well i could have yeah, seen this going I mean, to they've like got IMC, which a bunch of stuff that may or may mm-hmm. not be coming out this year i mean like petite maman and memoria mm-hmm. i've talked about already but are like two of my favorite movies of the festival uh i know people really like flea i'm gonna try and oh yeah i saw people that like flea mm-hmm. yeah that's like the thing that i'm gonna try and catch in nice. when we get off this recording <laughs> uh but yeah um since you mentioned dune do we maybe want to talk about that quickly yes <laughs> all right and uh, i haven't I mean, seen yeah. that so this is all meg mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, no i a, saw in dune a way too. you've seen uh, dune Yes. Through my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Through living with Meg since she saw Dune. I have seen Dune. I've been, I'm like mm-hmm. unapologetically obnoxious now. I'm like a huge Hank, Frank mm-hmm. Herbert fan. And like mm-hmm. since, since Villeneuve's Dune was announced, my bit has been, and it's not a bit, it's how I feel that like if anything bad happens to it, like if it's a, if it was a massive failure or if mm-hmm. like it never got made because of the mm-hmm. pandemic, like that would be fine by me because yeah. I think that's funny. And like in line with, the dune curse <laughs> and sure. like it's troubled production history like that would be fine and like to that note of all of the kind of possibilities i considered as to how this film could fail him making a like perfectly entertaining and good first half and then not getting greenlit for a second yep. was not mm-hmm. on my bingo card which, uh-huh. was, which is like priceless like a part like a sick part <laughs> of me is like that would be perfect yeah like sure. then everyone yeah. would but then also like if it's good i win because it'll introduce more people to Frank Herbert. It'll mean mm-hmm. that I can freely talk about, I don't have to live in the shadows anymore. <laughs> and like, <laughs> and, like, and mm-hmm. yeah, so like I was truly like in a win-win scenario this entire time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got, I had the privilege of seeing it and I hate when critics say that, but like it's, it's, it was just like really delightful to see it on, it, on IMAX. IMAX and like, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, <laughs> the aspect ratio changing i was so stupid mm-hmm. i was like why is the aspect ratio changing i was like oh it's imax <laughs> but um yeah yeah yeah. No, i uh, i mean obviously it's flawed but like i think that you can't really make a dune movie without having to make sacrifices mm-hmm. yeah and like there's things that there were choices they made that like weren't inherent to the uh the flawed process of bringing Dune to the big screen. Like there were things that they choose to do that they easily could have not done. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. for the most part, like most of the decisions they made to make it as accessible as possible while still being true, I thought were pretty successful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a great time. Like I, I obviously have complaints and like it's flawed, mm-hmm. but like I, for the most part, he gets a passing grade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On this, I mean, on this like... half, first half of the term assignment of recount uh-huh. Dune. Yes. Yeah, I mean, having not neither read Dune nor even seen the Lynch version, like, one thing that I was fairly impressed with is that it does do a good job of, like, getting you to understand the, like, all the ridiculous lore without getting bogged down in 
exposition. Like, I don't need to know what every piece of technology is named. You can just, like, show me what it is and I'll figure out how it works. Mm -hmm. And I think it does that pretty effectively. Uh, I also, I will say, like, I, I appreciated that Villeneuve didn't try to, like... Like, when you read Dune, it's extremely fun. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it, like it, is, it is a goofy, uh, mm-hmm. silly place where, people, where certain characters are, like, clearly having the time of their lives. Right. And that is not coherent with Denis. I love brutalism Villeneuve. And mm-hmm. I appreciated that he, like, didn't try to have every piece of cake. Like, I, that he was like, sure. no, nope, like, this is no fun. <laughs> Right. No f- I feel like no fun allowed. <laughs> uh, I feel like the one person who's in the movie where they're trying to have fun is Jason Momoa, who is like fine yes. in it, but that does make that a kind of discordant performance. It's true, but also like you can't have a bummer Duncan Idaho. Like Duncan <laughs> like sure. Duncan Idaho is a is a total blast in the books as mm-hmm. well. Like that mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. Hunk Bunks yeah. Duncan Idaho. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, this is sort of irrelevant to the movie, but I was at the first public screening, and having never heard Villeneuve talk, I was, like, very surprised by how charming he is. Uh, I would have expected uh, uh, a very brutalist, boring man, and he's not that. It was him and uh, Rebecca Ferguson giving each other shit. Uh... But yeah, I mean, it, it it is. It's just like, it is just half of a movie, and it's like a pretty fun, interesting half of a movie. Yeah, but. like people people were reacting negatively to critics, myself included, who were like, it kind of just ends. And they're like, yeah, well, mm-hmm. it's part one. Like, what the fuck did you expect? Which is like fair, but it's hard to explain to them, like, because, like, let's, let's use Lord of the Rings as an example. Mm-hmm. Because they had filmed all of it. Um, there was right. security there, and also like they were able to create satisfying buttons at the end that like didn't make you feel like someone forgot. There's like a natural sort of yeah, and like didn't yeah. make you feel like well, I mean, like, also, someone forgot like, to put like the next reel on, like the way <laughs> right, Dune like feels yeah, Lord like, of the Rings, like it 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 also is like structured as three sections. Yeah. Dune, it's just like he just picked, you know, the impression, I guess, he just kind of picked a point. And well, it's like, like I guess that's where it's one. It, well, the thing is, I don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> but the, the like, I'm sure everyone familiar with the book kind of knew where it was going to end, because if okay. he were to progress mm-hmm. any further, like, like, Dune is, is in three parts, mm-hmm. um, but, like the book, but um, right. okay. if he were to progress any further in the story, he would be hooped like that is the only spot you can end if you're dividing everything in half mm-hmm. um like i was totally unsurprised right. that that's okay that makes picked. sense but it's still thoroughly unsatisfying and like yes and like that's fine like it's not as if like you know whatever two towers ends with like a sense of finality or anything yeah but there's kind of like an exhale mm-hmm. that you are not allowed mm-hmm. to have in dune because it truly yes. feels like someone forgot to put the second reel on mm-hmm. like it's basically yeah. just like halfway through a sentence cut to black and then it's like okay see you later oh, <laughs> maybe <boy. laughs> like, <laughs> maybe yeah and it's just film of like holding warner brothers hostage daring them not to let him make part two yeah mm-hmm. and i like respect the hell out of that but it's such a gamble yeah. <laughs> it's like insane yeah it is just like it just made me think that, like, as much as, like, maybe it was the easiest thing to sell it on, it is just hard to be, like, 
I, I can't imagine that the best way to do this is like two three hour movies but it's I'll like, say, so this movie's two and a half hours. It felt like 45 minutes. And like, it doesn't feel especially long. No. And like, mm, I was telling, not, Aunt, yeah. I was, I think I was telling you, mm-hmm. or I was telling someone, it, it, it was like, it's not as if he's extended the runtime so he can add like superfluous fluff. He has to cut. Right. Like, yeah, with, sure. with very, very few exceptions, Enemy Jr. being one of them, like, he didn't add anything that wasn't in mm-hmm. the book and like took out significant, mm-hmm. right. significant parts. So it's like he's definitely using the time with for good. It's more mm-hmm. that like I think in its heart, Dune desperately wants to be a miniseries, and people I was going to say exactly the same thing, which is like I if it's gonna if the whole thing is gonna be like six hours, I wish we lived in a world where like every other month they could just put an hour of it out in the theater because the thing is is like i can't in good conscience tell people to go to an imax theater because that would be irresponsible because we're living in the ongoing global pandemic Mm -hmm. but it like unfortunately much like making homemade pasta is better than box pasta it's like it it is better on a big screen (laughs) and i understand Mm -hmm. why denia is being a little petulant shit about it yeah like it, it's not as if it's like a two-star film in your living room and a five-star film like on the big screen but it was like very clearly purposefully engineered to like yeah uh, justify why dune should be a film and not a miniseries mm-hmm. and like right. for the most part it's very successful but like him basically like holding a gun to warner brothers head and being like you will give me a five-hour runtime Mm-hmm. Is is, yeah. is bonkers and like might not mm-hmm. pay off which would be bad but also perfect in a way yeah i mean i i haven't seen the movie so i can't comment on that but like i I think as much as we all love the convenience of like 80 minute movies i am all for directors swinging big like and i feel like just what i Mm -hmm. know about dune which is limited but what i know about dune is like if you're gonna do this dune this go yeah if you're gonna (laughs) dune this go big yeah and like this is like a big movie like i know that that's a vague and not especially helpful way of describing a film but Mm -hmm. like this like Dune has an immense scale, and because Denis, because Villeneuve's um, over the last ten years has just been escalating. Like he has never taken a step back mm-hmm. in terms of scope or scale. It's just gotten bigger and bigger mm, and bigger. That's right. true. Like right. in so many ways, he was the perfect person to do this. And like mm-hmm. it's very the chosen one ask, where it's like if any, which is very funny for Dune, but it's like if <laughs> anyone was going to be able to pull this off in whatever flawed way mm-hmm. it was going to be Denis Villeneuve. And, yeah. like, sure. like, happy to report, for the most part, he succeeded. Like, right. easily above average grade. Yeah. See, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'm going to be really he curious He still gets an eye it. on the final assignment because it's half of him. It's yes. half of him. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm going to be really curious to see it because I don't think I'm as on board with him as a lot of people are. Like, I think a lot of yeah. his films, I've just been like, that was fine. Like, what am I supposed... Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think right. I've always kind of felt for several years that like his primary talent is finding good people to work with and Mm -hmm. i don't necessarily mean that in 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 a in a in a bad way i think that like finding the best people to work with you is is a skill it's a huge skill Mm -hmm. set for a director but i think that i've always kind of watched his films and been like okay like you got good actors and you got a great dp and, and you did this but like i don't know i i didn't have any sort of connection or investment in blade runner i um what else has he done sicario didn't do it for me arrival 
Arrival, I think, is good, but, like, I've never... Arrival is one of those movies that I saw, and I was like, that's good, and I've never felt any sort of impulse to revisit it. Um, Mm -hmm. Prisoners, I think, is an airport novel with a good DP. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. it's the longest episode of Criminal Minds I've ever seen. Um, What else? Enemy, I think, is good. That's one that I actually like. But, like, I don't know. He's not, like, my guy. Like, he's not someone that I'm like, we need to go see the new Villeneuve movie. I'm not, like, like, in the the tank for him at all. It's more just, like... When you sit down with your little notebook and you write down the qualities you want in a director doing Dune, mm. it's Dune. That, see, that, that's, mm-hmm. I'm curious, like, just kind of the way you describe it. Like, I, that, it intrigues me. I'm excited to see the movie. I'm definitely gonna, as long as I can, I'm gonna see, their, see it on IMAX. It's, so. like, incredibly impressive what he's done. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, uh, just, like, and, and the thing is, like, it will not be for everyone because he did a good job. Mm-hmm. Like because he was faithful right. and didn't try to make it commercial. Make Dune in a way that everyone will love it. Impossible. Yeah. So it's just like it's gonna alienate people the way that Dune has been alienating people since the sixties. Mm-hmm. Like which mm-hmm. is just the way it's gonna be. And I hope I hope that it doesn't alienate so many people that he can't <laughs> twist yeah. up Warner Brothers arm to make part two. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I just like I also just like I want things to exist and I know that they don't totally in like the current just like film going landscape, but like I want a movie to like be considered a success without like a billion dollars the box office like mm-hmm. you know what i mean like i'm like i sure. would love to see more movies like this just kind of you know doing I something mean, blade runner was like that to a respect like it was true. not a commercial success right. but it yeah. was like huge technically proficient and like more interesting than anything in its budget class yeah yes. probably which is like ultimately what dune is like the fact that Denis is like leveraging his market his success to like make banana pants big <laughs> budget sci-fi is like mm-hmm. incredible like mm-hmm. and I I, yeah. I I hesitate I can like easily come up with critiques but I kind of want to acknowledge the good and the excitement yeah. here all right yeah uh now I'm just going through like what else I don't know what what else do you two want to shout out um I think my favorite of the festival is Bergman Island, which I haven't okay. seen. Yeah, I have that with fell. I was going to see it, and then halfway through the festival, I just went, "I can't do nine a.m. screenings." <laughs> that's fair. No, I, mm-hmm. I. That's totally fair. I loved it. I had a wonderful time with mm-hmm. it. I like. I'm very on board with Mia Hansen Love. I mm-hmm. just think she's phenomenal. Um, her, Mia Hansen loved it. I do. I <laughs> Mia Hansen loved it. Um, her last one I wasn't crazy about. Maya is kind of the one right. misstep for, for right. me, at least. Um, but this, like, I put this up there and, like, her best of the best. Like, things to come, mm-hmm. Goodbye First Love. Like, this, I loved it. I really yeah, fortunately, it. you can still give her a 100% success rate because right after Toronto, Maya was thrown into the void. Yeah, it, it doesn't exist. <laughs> I feel like I might have dreamed it that that movie exists because I, I yeah. think I saw it, but... It was you a know. Vandala effect. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so I don't know. We'll, we'll just, we'll pretend that Maya doesn't exist. Um, but no, uh-huh. this was great. Um, I mean, you have loved Earwig and just like grown even yeah. more appreciative of it. I like, I understand that Earwig isn't for everybody and like, that's okay. Mm-hmm. But like, it's like people in the, in the same way where people were throwing around the word phantasmagoric for detain, which is not mm-hmm. the right word. Like mm-hmm. that is not the word for it. Yes. Um, people kept... Like, people often describe films as being dreamlike. Yes. And this is the it first... It nightmare-like. Well, this is the mm-hmm. first film that, like, actually really felt more like dreams I've had than any movie I've seen. Mm-hmm. 
And Mm -hmm. in that way, much like a dream, everything feels very true, but it's hard to kind of plumb what it all means. And it's only like a few days later, if you're lucky enough to remember what you dreamt about, that you can kind of piece the pieces of the puzzle together. And like, I think ultimately, if you are the kind of viewer who is able to go along for a ride and like is amenable to films such as Earwig, like slow ASMR (laughs) European cinema, like... And, and and are okay with not being 100% sure what you're looking at. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's really worth it. And mm-hmm. I think ultimately my interpretation of Earwig, which has been corroborated by some of our friends, is that it's about caregiving and, like, having a stress mm. dream about caregiving. Mm-hmm. Um, like, the film is essentially about different men charged with taking care of either fragile or perceived as being fragile women or women in, in crisis. Mm-hmm. And, like... I I res a lot of like little moments that like are insane really resonated with me, um, in terms of like taking care and like, um, being one person to what you're caring for and then like, being inadequate and frustrated. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. I got a lot out of it and I a hundred percent understand why people did not like it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I also think I don't know. I think that like, I do think it's not for everyone. I understand why people are like. That wasn't for me. I don't want to revisit this, but I think that I also think Tiff had a really tall order in terms of marketing it. Like they were just like, "It's Mm -hmm. a girl with ice for teeth," and I feel like that's not that's not it. But like I was I was looking at this on like like Letterbox, and there's like two star reviews, and I'm like, okay, you just you didn't give this movie a chance, like because I think that even Mm -hmm. if you don't like, it's not there's not like a clarity there, but I think that clarity to me, yes, (laughs) sorry, but I think if you kind of give the movie its moment, like. I don't see how you can come away from this movie and not take anything from it. Yeah, and like, like even yeah. if you're like, I, like my kind of takeaway was like, yeah, I think this movie is probably smarter than me. I think that there's some really, really beautiful images. I think there's there's something here that I find very intriguing, and I'm gonna need some time to put piece it together. Mm-hmm. I really want right. to watch the director's other films. They're really I, good. yeah. Innocence I, I saw her really last cool. movie, uh, Evolution. Mm-hmm. I think. Which, like, I have very similar feelings about to what you're saying about your wig. It is just like, well, yeah, all that's... Of, all of her films are about the, like, horrible responsibility, care, and stress of, like, taking care of, of things that you're worried mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, your wig is the stress stream I'd have if my dog was sick. Or, yeah. like, like, it. yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know. I, like, I really dug it, but yeah. I also... <laughs> Where's the money? <laughs> is the takeaway. Yeah. But it's very consistent with her past filmography. And, like, um, if you're able to get on its frequency, I think it's extremely rewarding. And, like, I, I know that when you hear people say, oh, it takes a while for you to kind of piece it all together, that sounds pretentious and stupid. But, like, I think because it is so honest and good at replicating um, the kind of, like, shiny truths of dreams that, like, really feel like true but don't make sense Mm -hmm. like that it it really does take a couple days for you to kind of come up with your own thoughts about it and she's like giving you the Mm -hmm. opportunity to kind of do that i think which is really cool Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. cool yeah yeah i think it's not i mean it's tough because it's the type of film that i you probably will only see it in a theater if you see it at a film festival Mm. But I also mm-hmm. don't think it caters to that kind of like film festival. Like I'm seeing four movies today, and I need to have mm-hmm. a reaction to each mm-hmm. of them. And like I don't know. I'll I be think. honest. I watched it like on a couch on my iPad, and I had a great time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. Like I think it will find the people it's for. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, I just I don't know. I hope people I hope people give it a shot. Even if it's like you don't come away loving it. I think it's it's worth kind of watching even just to like gauge your own reaction to it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's like a Rorschach test. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which again sounds like bullshit, but like it's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To go back to big movies maybe, I think the two that <laughs> No, no, no. I, I'm no. It's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, it's more out of obligation, at least in one of these cases. Uh, the two, the two bigger movies that I've seen that I don't remember if either of you have seen are uh, Last Night in Soho and um, The Humans. Oh, I've seen both. I, okay. I saw Last Night in Soho. I haven't seen The Humans. Okay. Ask us what we thought about Last Night in Soho. Yeah, what did you think about Last Night in Soho? <laughs> Great. I agree. <laughs> this it's is not an audio good. medium, but Anna and I just <laughs> both enthusiastically gave thumbs down. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's not... The thing about it is it's not a good movie, but... <laughs> <laughs> when I finished it, I turned to the person I was with and I said... I did my best Reynolds Woodcock, and I went, well, it's not just very, it's not very good, is it? <laughs> no, well, yeah. the thing, I, I think the thing that's tough is that it's not a good movie that does a really good job of reminding you of all the better movies you could have been watching. Sure. Yeah, so, like, mm-hmm. unfortunately, like, like, it had the the misfortune of coming out at the same time as Malignant, yes. which, mm. like... Like inside you, there are two wolves. <laughs> like malignant, well, like, malignant. Malignant is great because it's it's James Wan watching a lot of bad movies like, that he loves and being like, I can do that. Like it's basically <laughs> both Edgar Wright and James Wan like showed up at the table with like a little wicker basket full of their favorite things, yeah. and they were like, I really like this. I want to like this. show and tell. Yeah, they're like, I want to do this, and then Edgar Wright was like, Okay, but these are like really good, and like I'm gonna. I'm going to take the best parts of them and make a film. Yes. And, like, make it commercial and accessible. What if a Roman Polanski movie, but girl boss? This, you might have to delete this, but the person I was with at the theater said, um, said Baby's First Polanski was his review of Last Night So um, But, like, I This think, was my boyfriend, by the way. Yeah. This is his contribution. <laughs> I didn't want to throw him under the bus. Um, but, uh... Whereas I think with Malignant, without giving anything away, obviously, because I think it should be seen fresh, like, yes. mm-hmm. like James Wan didn't give a flying fuck who he alienated, yes. because he, right. he, the, he was, like, fully embracing all of the inaccessible, like, weird parts. This is why Malignant has one-star reviews and five-star yes. reviews, because it's mm-hmm. people who've seen Frank Henelotter and people who haven't. And, like, just on the scale of, like, the, the idea that I think people kind of put forward of um, superhero movies being this opportunity for like interesting directors to you know get their cash and then go and be able to kind of do what mm-hmm. they want to do the dictionary James definition Wan is the is James only Wan. person who has actually yeah. done this like right. he is the only yeah. successful example that i think anyone that like this this concept of like superhero yeah. movies give directors the opportunity to kind of like do a one for me one for them he's the only thing that this argument can like stand on which technically means that dc is yeah a net good is a net is, is has been yes. whatever amended of their sins for the time being yeah. because they they truly made yeah. good on their blank check promise yes but back like, to last night in soho like i think it's very much like i think someone on letterbox said it best which is that someone needs to take budgets away from edgar wright because i think i think he just needs to do an m night Shyamalan and just like reassess mm-hmm. maybe um, i don't know i just think he needs peg back like i have really just 
I don't really like any of his solo movies. I think Scott Pilgrim's fine, and then Baby Driver's pretty bad, and Last Night in Soho's, like, marginally better than Baby Driver. Yeah, but an easy hop, skip, and the jump off that low bar, you know? Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, it's like the only reason it's better, I think, is that Thomas and Mackenzie's good in it. Yeah, she's fine. And, like, I think... <laughs> it, I mean... Like, to see... Like, I, I, I see why she's cast, I think, but, like, there's a certain point where it's just, like, okay, the wide-eyed expression thing, like, we get it. Sure. Like, I don't know. I think yeah. she's fine. Yeah. Like, I don't... I, I, I think she's... I think she's often good in a lot of stuff. Like, I don't have a problem with her. I just, like... I think what she's doing, and I think that this is more just because she doesn't have enough to work with. Like, I I do kind of blame this this on Wright more than I blame this on her, but I think her performance is very one note because her character is very one note. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, like, I don't think it's, I think it's a, it's, it's a performance in the, it's a performance that suits the movie. And unfortunately that means that it's not great. Yeah. I think to say some nice things about it, like Andy Taylor-Joy is clearly having a good time Mm -hmm. and like good for Mm -hmm. her. Yeah. Um, and like she's fun to watch. It was lovely to see Diana Rigg again. Lovely to see Diana Rigg, mm-hmm. and I really appreciated that both her and Terrence Stamp like knew what movie they yes, were in, and were, like, Stamp. Mm-hmm. and were like everything they said. I was like, oh hell yeah! Like yeah. like no one laughed whenever mm-hmm. they spoke, but me and your and your, your boyfriend yeah. were laughing our fucking asses off because Terrence Stamp was like <laughs> yeah, a honey baked ham the whole time, <laughs> and then like despite himself Edgar Wright remains like the king of sound design like seeing it in surround sound mm-hmm. was really mm-hmm. nice because like the mix was amazing but it's such a cheap looking movie mm-hmm. and I think the CGI the, is bad I haven't seen such a terrible mm-hmm. CGI fire since The Devil's Candy mm-hmm. which again mm-hmm. is an incredibly low bar <laughs> yeah that movie has like a $20 budget so like you kind of get it yes The Devil's Candy absolved because they were they were given like a Swedish fish for a budget yeah but yeah, it has the special like last night so has has the special effects quality of like a student film yeah <laughs> and and like also the thinking what it's saying is good yeah we're like it's with i mean i don't i'm not going to apologize for giving anything away but it very much has the like is this girl power like is it girl power mm-hmm. to kill well, this many people so <laughs> muddled in like what it's trying to do we're like i would have committed or i would have respected it if it had committed to like a kind of bit of like we're gonna go real like morally thorny here, but it, it's it's a which would have been honest to the yes, films it was respecting. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Like the thing about like right. uh, just to like recontextualize yeah. why bringing up malignant is makes sense is that like one embraces the kind of like uh, inaccessibility of the mm-hmm. films that he loves, whereas Wright seems to be like trying really hard to make a film that won't offend anybody. What if Giallo but nice? Yeah, what if Giallo but nice? And it's yeah. like, well, then it's not Giallo, like, yeah. right? Which makes the ending the last scene i think particularly disastrous it's like laugh out loud bad yeah like yeah like it's hilariously bad yeah (laughs) yeah i mean the 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 movie i'd compare it to and that i think they both don't work in the same way and i'd imagine this will piss people off because people like this other movie uh but it doesn't work for me in the same way that hereditary doesn't work for me where i'm like there is some there's like some interesting thematic stuff and there's some horror stuff that like doesn't really work but maybe is kind of interesting but like they don't work with each other at all. I completely all. agree. I, I also hate Hereditary, so mm-hmm. I'm I'm there with you. Okay, I had a pretty great. good time with it, but I don't care enough to defend it. Like, no, I, I, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I I hate Hereditary, and I think it's a better mm-hmm. film than Last Night in Soho. Oh, oh absolutely. Probably. Yeah. 
Yeah. But yeah, no, I like... It's just too nice to be playing in the generic space that it's in. Mm-hmm. And it's also poorly made. Yeah. And the script is bad. Yeah. And like, and what's funny is I actually think that, like... And again, Edgar Wright, not a director who I'm always necessarily on board with. Like, even kind of the earlier stuff. Like, I rewatched um, Shaun of the Dead last couple years. And I was like, eh. You know, but like, I do think that if he had made something like this, like this kind of schlocky giallo inspired but like mm-hmm. with half the budget 15 years ago that would have been a better movie mm-hmm. yeah well like Probably. even his trailer yeah. for um help me uh don't is that yeah. what it is the, for the uh, for yeah 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 yeah, yeah. For, yeah. Uh, for tarantino and rodriguez's right. double bill like yeah. mm-hmm. like like we're not trying to say this man has bad taste or that the yes. movies that he like loves and is trying to emulate are bad it's just like i literally think he had too much money mm-hmm and it meant that it's very unfocused yeah. and like inauthentic to what those what's good about those films because he probably had to like make money. Yeah, no, no. Once again, mm-hmm. whereas Juan had the blank check, yeah. so it didn't fucking matter. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I would love. I, I love the Grindhouse trailers, though. No, they're that's, great. That's like probably my favorite thing he's done. Like, I mean that sincerely. <laughs> like, I ditto with Eli Roth like I, those are the movies that I want I love them I love those trailers <laughs> yeah but last night in Soho mm-hmm. no bueno mm-hmm. yeah okay, yeah bad. but like yeah. but but worth like I'm, I'm really happy I got to see Diana Riggs final performance yeah. and like the mm. fact that her and Stamp know what they're doing and are just like having fun is is good and like yeah anyway and you got Thunderball and I got a big marquee with Thunderball on it that was the peak of the film for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It was instead of like a year saying what time it was. It's just the Thunderball. Thunderball yeah. <laughs> what year is it? Thunderball. <laughs> <laughs> that is kind of how I measure time. Yeah. <laughs> There's pre-T and post-T. Yes. Yeah. But just like what year was that? Well, what James Bond movie came out? Yes. When are we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. We can talk about the humans a little bit. Like I... Yeah. It... It's like the most New York theater play <laughs> that ever New York theater played. Like I keep telling Anna, that my somehow like, isn't playing the New York Film Festival. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. everyone there has seen it. Yeah, true. I guess so. Um, yeah. But, everyone there is living it. Yeah, but it like yeah. it it um like if Barton Fink was set in 2020, the film the, <laughs> the play that he would be like of his that he'd be watching at the beginning would be The Humans. Like it's. It's it's such a film that is trying to cash in on the or like comes I should be nice it it's like definitely in the legacy of the Virginia Wolf school of like or who's afraid of Virginia mm-hmm. Wolf school of like we're gonna lock these people in a room and they've got secrets and like the tension's gonna mm-hmm. be a lot and then we're gonna find out what the secrets are like that's the movie mm-hmm. and like you've seen mm-hmm. this story so many times if you're at all familiar with that genre of your yeah. playmaking and mm-hmm. what is valuable about the humans but not enough to redeem it, I think, is, like, it kind of justifies its own existence by adopting a lot of horror conventions and how it's shot. Right. Which is cool. Mm -hmm. Like, it's fun to see those kind of very consciously Mm -hmm. inserted. And, like, obviously everyone is acting well. Yeah. Um, And, like, it's well shot. But it's just, like... The, the jokes that I yeah I've the joke that I movie. made like <laughs> the joke that I made having not seen it was <laughs> November Lower Manhattan in the vein of August Osage County, <laughs> which I feel like I'm right. You're right. It's it's just like 
I've just seen it. Like, I've, I know what this movie is. Like, I've seen the story. Yeah. And I guess. Like, I don't. Yeah. Like, I liked it a lot. I, I think part of that comes from the performances, and part of it is that I did find it to be, like, very specific in a way that, like, even though there are plenty of similar movies, I don't. You know, I, I don't know that these specific dynamics have been played out this way. No, no, no. Um, I mean, it's, it's one of those films where it's like, everything it's doing, it's doing exceptionally well. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just like, I wish I knew more about the stage play to comment on whether or not it's redundant or not. Mm. Like, I don't know how much of that horror, right. I mean, horror what, vibes present in what I haven't, I was going to see the stage play in April of 2020. Oh, well. So, <laughs> unfortunately, I can't comment on that either. Uh, but, uh, what I've heard is just, like, it is, it, it is, like, a very faithful recreation of it that just, like, I think manages to not be redundant because, like, even if it kind of has the same goals that it wants to accomplish, it is, like, accomplishing them in a way that is a movie as opposed to just, like, trying to do a play on the screen. Yeah, no, I think, I think it... Like I'm being harsher than I need to be. Mm-hmm. Like I think I think just because I anticipate that this film is going to be a big deal, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm just trying to like not yeah. use you want um, you want to yeah but, but sure it, yeah like I I also recognize that like for me I don't know why you would try to to do like I, I th- this format of like locking tense families in rooms and like letting it all come out is is has diminishing returns for me mm-hmm. so. I I might not be the target audience. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, but that, but yeah. I I really yeah. do appreciate like the fact that this was a directorial debut is incredibly impressive. Like mm-hmm. compared to mm-hmm. the other directorial debuts yeah. that have been at the festival. Yeah. So I mean I like I'm I will see it. Like I do want to see it. Mm-hmm. It just kind of didn't really work at the festival. And like I'm 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 on board with these plays. Like I know like mm-hmm. I kind of my thing with all these plays. I'm like okay these are all a little bit the same, but I do love them. Like yeah. You know, I, I I'm all for movies or play i guess well, plays about like just angry families locked in a room together like i'm down for that i probably would love the play if i saw it just knowing yeah. mm-hmm. kind of how i've responded to other stuff i mean kind of when you were talking about it i was thinking about um the waverly gallery which is a mm-hmm. kenneth monaghan that i saw a few years back and like love that one of the best things i've ever seen like i'm i'm on board i'll probably see this movie but I am kind of, I do think it's just tough inherently to adapt a play for the screen because there's such mm-hmm. different Especially mediums. Especially when you're the director and writer of the play mm-hmm. doing it on screen. Yeah. 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 I, I think- mean, like, it, I will say, like, as far as the play goes, I haven't seen it. I did read another Karen play that I think was an earlier play for a class a few years ago. And uh, based on it, it's much. This is much better than that was. Like okay. clearly, there was some kind of. Uh, and like that got turned into like a. It's called speech and debate, and it's like a high school thing that I think got mm-hmm. turned into like a direct to DVD movie or something. And mm-hmm. so it is like a. Yeah, I don't know. It it definitely is like yeah. This is. It both is from the tradition of these are these locked in a room plays while also at the same time being like, yeah, this is very much like what you're going to see if you go see a play right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I also I, I will say I think 
the title the humans Ugh, it's is the most I think like that's what's that's what makes me think of barton fink because it's like <laughs> it's like because you know they're people <laughs> it's just it's such a like oh hello joke yes, about yes. the new york theater scene Mm-hmm. It's very like easy to laugh at, I yes. think, and which which is in Congress with the tone of the film. Yes, um, but it's like he yeah. it's like he saw the aliens that Annie Baker play and was like, no, 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 they're not aliens, they're humans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'd be like call, like the, it'd be like calling this like that film like monsters, and it's like you know because they're terrible to each other. Like it just it's very yeah, like. It, and I, I just think it's so sincerely delivered that it's easy to punch down. Mm. <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, I should specifically say that like Jane Howdy Shell and Richard Jenkins are like phenomenal. In oh it. no, like, they're, they, they're... they they both have scenes that I can't think about too much without crying. Yeah, they're they're really excellent, and like Amy Schumer's great. Yeah. Never thought I'd say that sentence ever again. Mm-hmm. Like ever again. <laughs> when did you say it the first time? Never. <laughs> Oh, we all watched the first season of Inside Amy Schumer, and we were Jesus all Christ. on board. Yeah, all of us. And then there were, uh, yeah. But anyway, I like it's it's an impeccably acted film, and mm-hmm. I really I should say once more I really like was compelled by the explicit pulling forth of a horror that is mm-hmm. often very latent in these types of plays. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm probably being harsher on it than I should be. Yeah, that's fair though. Like. Um, a film that I don't think either, unless you have seen it, Jesse, that mm-hmm. I just finished before getting on this call. That is maybe my favorite film. Mm-hmm. In the I was I was just about to ask <laughs> about this because I saw you tweet about it. After Blue, Dirty Paradise. I don't know who mm-hmm. like it, who's it for. I mean me. <laughs> <laughs> like like it is like I I, I did an Ehrlich and was like it is like if you know when you do an Ehrlich yeah. <laughs> But, like, it, it is very much, like, Yodorowsky, Guy Madden, and, mm-hmm. like, Juliette Binoche's fuckbox scene from High Life mm-hmm. got in a three-way car accident. Like, that is the film. And, like, sure, it's two and a, it's it's really long, way longer than it needs to be. But like, Wasn't it Midnight Madness? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Peter. But you can't have people yeah. there until 3 a.m. <laughs> but, like... People throw around like qualifiers like acid western before, and they're usually not accurate. But like, holy shit, this was accurate. Like, this made Mandy look like a fucking lifetime movie. <laughs> like, 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 very, very, very French, very weird. Like, I don't know who. It's it's such a swing, and like it's for the French, yeah, the French and Meg. Right. <laughs> like, but yeah, mm-hmm. no, it's it's super bizarre, and like, um just like out of this world like it, it it's alien in a way that is unapologetically unnatural and like just mm-hmm. stunning to look at and like i i didn't care that it was two and whatever hours like it didn't mm-hmm. ma- like, yeah. a, like a friend of ours Corey, mentioned that if it had been you know 60 minutes it like would have been more available to him and i'm like i think this film is so bizarre that like it, like what let it go yeah. <laughs> i also i just like that's a perfectly normal movie when not viewed in the context of like i need to watch five movies today like, exactly right yeah. yeah which is is the 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 asset and the drawback of i think any film festival is that you can watch five movies in a day mm-hmm. and you often At have to <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but yeah no after blue is like like i'll just say the plot to try and tantalize folks but like uh, yeah plot. also like 
the, the description that Peter Kopinski, I, I, I think he wrote it probably for the TIFF website, like lays out what happens in the first 10 minutes and then it says, and thanks, things get weird. And then I was like, <laughs> we'll see about that, Peter. And like, he was right. He was right. <laughs> like the <laughs> setup is that Earth he's is just, Peter Kopinski is just like, He's, he's committing these sins and then he's making up for them. Anna and I, well, we can talk about dash cam <laughs> yes, we'll after about I talk cam. about this. This will be our, like, what's the, the fallacy where you like foot in the door. Like I'll say something super nice about after blue and then we can shit on dash yeah. cam. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no, after blue is about like, it's in the future. Earth is decayed and is rotten. And we found a new planet called after blue and the atmosphere is something about it makes like hair grow. And it means that folks like, uh, male folks like can't survive because there's something about how it affects hair um and and so i love the french coming up with movie rules the hair well it's like someone saw warren Beatty's coat in mccabe and miss miller and was like what's the sci-fi explanation for these wonderful winter coats in westerns so like it's it's again who's this movie for but like it's it's this future where there's this planet full of uh women who've created this society where there's no machines like all all the explanations for why it's a western are like there's no machines there's no artificial intelligence there's like guns and horses and we're all divided Mm -hmm. up into these communities they're based off nationalities and like uh then our protagonist frees a criminal who kills people and then her and her mom have to go track the criminal down. Like it's a very standard Western plot, mm-hmm. but there's like mm-hmm. but it's nothing about the execution is standard. Yeah. Right. Like it's yeah. a, and it's crazy. And like if like I, I don't invoke Guy Madden's name uh lazily. Like if if you are on Guy Madden's frequency, then you'll be fine. Like the film yeah. from yeah. Midnight Madness in the past that feels resonant with this one is the twentieth century. Where it's like if if you are down for that level of like abandon of any form right. of naturalism you're gonna have a good time um it's just like it is a mid like i know that there's midnight madness folks who like to them a creature feature like i am you are not my mother or uh, a shocker like dash cam that's their version of a midnight movie mm-hmm. and for me it's like this is yeah. my midnight movie where this is a movie you watch because you stumble into a place where it is screening yes. like Yes. There's mm-hmm. like it's incredible and like remember earlier when I said earwig isn't for everyone? Earwig <laughs> looks like commercial compared to After Blue. <laughs> yeah, I mean I attempted to watch uh Mandico's last movie, The Wild Boys, yeah. and that is uh, maybe the least for everyone movie. Yeah. Uh I, partially just because I think it has really backwards uh, ideas about gender nonconformity. Yeah, uh, I agree. But yeah. Yeah, it's like it's very aesthetically accomplished. Yes. And yeah, like, he, he certainly has interesting visual ideas. Yeah, and like, the, like I think he is borrowing a lot from Madden, for sure. Mm-hmm. And I also think what he's borrowing from Madden is like bending over backwards in like intentionally insane ways to um justify these genre spaces Mm -hmm. and and like not apologizing or over explaining anything kind of like like i preferred this to his last film immensely 
Like, for, mm-hmm. like I had similar mm-hmm. reservations about his last film where I was just like, the French need to not, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not do that. <laughs> but I'm glad that he's still interested in uh, hair, though. Yeah. Uh, after all the hairy fruit in the wild books. Yeah, there's like mold spores, hair, mm. and goop are the three kind mm-hmm. of textures uh-huh. of After Blue. Yeah, yeah. No, there's a lot of like. It's just a very miasmatic film where it's just like so feely. Like the plot doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's just like it's very like um have you seen the visitor? No. It's the visit. The visit, the Italian film? Yeah, the no, not film. No. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's 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 just like it's like European genre trash, but it's also just like such a maniacally right. big swing. Do you think it'll mm-hmm. find a home anywhere? Or no. like has it go? <laughs> it'll show up on mm-hmm. movie. The yeah. Europeans will deal right. with it. Yeah. But there's, like, no way to review it or, like, recommend it to people because right. it's just, like, mm-hmm. either this film is on your radar or it's not, <laughs> like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, like... I'm a huge fan of Westerns and, like, especially unconforming Westerns that, like, have a lot to say about mm-hmm. gender and masculinity and, like, violence and stuff. And... Goopy space Western. And the fact that this is a goopy space <laughs> Western that, like is a western like you know how people will be like the thing it's a western Mm -hmm. or like whatever it's like this is this felt more um specific about what it was drawing from like there are allusions to the searchers to things like mccabe and miss miller to things like track of the cat like it definitely did its homework and i appreciate that Mm -hmm. um and like a lot of the choices it makes are either like French and not explainable and silly, which like I will make a pass for every now and then mm-hmm. if it's midnight and I'm watching yes. this, or mm-hmm. they're like worth you know chewing on for a bit because they're like, like like I brought up McCabe and Miss Miller. It's like he saw that coat and he was like, what's the sci-fi explanation for why that coat exists? And it's like, it's a planet that causes hair to grow a lot. So like the most you know available natural resource is like hair, and like the classic western phrase of like talking about skinning animals and stuff or like making a coat out of something is just like very bizarre and surreal in the context of like people that just continuously are growing hair all the time interesting it's not it it's just so crazy (laughs) it's just worth admiring that people can make movies like that Mm, yeah like i think i'm just so consistently disappointed by films that are like like, Tatane isn't this, but, like, people who mm-hmm. do the Tatane thing where it's, like, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. like, it rarely is. Yeah. And it's just, like, kind of delightful to, like, watch a film that genuinely is yes. as off the wall as it purports mm-hmm. to be. Yeah. I mean, I Tatane's an interesting comparison because, like, I would agree that, like, Mandico is one of the few directors who, like, for better or worse, his movies are, like, genuinely surprising and, like, Mm -hmm. off-putting. Yeah, like... Yeah. Yeah, like, we talk about things being inaccessible, but, like, there's, like, five brick walls (laughs) after Blue (laughs) and the audience. Speaking of off-putting, did you see Dashcam? No. Good choice. Like, I know we just, Mm -hmm. like, shout out Mandico for, like, being like a you know whatever a french person <laughs> with unhelpful <laughs> views of things but like mm-hmm. dash cams on another level like in terms, a reprehensible of, in terms of like morally okay. reprehensible uh-huh. like yeah yeah like i it, think the thing about dash cam is that if you're 
platforming someone and uh, defending them and behaving in the ways that they do and for all intents and purposes not critiquing them you're not satirizing them and I think that dash cam kind of purports to like do something with so it's like basically kind of about this woman who's like a like a like a live streamer or whatever who's just like reactionary anti she's like she's she's a QAnon QAnon conspiracy theorist like just like a vile acid spewing human being who Mm -hmm. has an audience who finds her way into this like horror movie well she like leaves the US because she doesn't want to get vaccinated or whatever goes to the UK and then the film thinks it's being intelligent by having her you know this monster face down a real monster um but it, yeah. Oh, it, by the way, the real monster is a, a black woman whose mouth is stapled shut. Yes. Um, yeah. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, just the more that I think about it, and I just like. Also, um, sorry, just to like yeah. get ahead of it, because like I felt bad that I didn't know this for a, like 24 hours after mm-hmm. watching Dashcam. Like, the actor playing this QAnon woman isn't acting. Yeah. That's who she is. Yeah. That's That's her. Like, and I think there's been some, like, hullabaloo over, like, just, like, stuff she's been saying. And then the director kind of coming out and being like, oh, like, you don't know what she's been through. She has been dealing with mental health issues. So, like, don't criticize her, like, anti-vaxxer and anti-masker comments. And there's been a lot of people on Twitter just, like, tearing that apart of, like, I am mentally ill and I am not doing this. Like, what what the fuck are you talking about? And just, yeah, like, also, if you're worried that she has mental illness issues why are you exploiting that yeah don't put her in a movie yeah it's it i think i mean i think like so this was made by rob savage who also did host which is not a good movie but that was something Um, where like it's not goodness for me was more based around um it's it's form like i didn't really have any sort of like there, there was nothing like morally dubious about that like it's just like it's it's a horror movie it's a you were just disappointed that a format that you champion yes. being screen life was yes. being poorly done. So this is my thing. I I feel very ghouled in the long goodbye. Nobody cares but me when it comes to like the use of form in these like desktop horror movies. Because mm-hmm. I think there's so much potential. And I think the problem is that not enough people are willing <clears throat> to make these movies working within the limits and finding ways to use those limits to their advantage. And I think truly the only thing that has done this, or at least done this in the way that, like, I think excels is Unfriended. Mm-hmm. Unfriended is is, is it formally near perfect. Like, it, I think what it is doing is ingenious. I think it's using the format so well. I think nothing that has come out since has even come close to matching it. Um, and I just, like, there's just certain things that, like, if you're going to do this format... Why, why do you want to do camera work? Why do you want to do editing? Like, like wh- if you mm-hmm. want to make a movie where, where camera work and editing and, like, all this kind of stuff, like... Make that movie. Yeah, make that. Just make it. Just make a movie. Mm-hmm. If you want to do, like, these techniques of conventional cinema, just make, just make a fucking movie. If you want to do something that uses the desktop format, use the desktop format. And I also just, like, find like, it very a, frustrating. A footnote? Like, yes. Like, we watched The Guilty, which is a redundant remake of a much better film. Mm-hmm. Even so it commits mm-hmm. nine times out of 10 to the limitations of its format yeah. in a better way than Dashcam yeah. does. 
like that's what it looks like like both mm-hmm. the guilty the original and its subpar remake at least you know follow through on the restriction the self-imposed mm-hmm. restrictions they've they've set out for themselves so i just don't know why you would impose a, self- a restriction as bold as screen life and then yeah. very clearly mm-hmm. not do it and it's also just like it's so I think the other problem I have with these movies is I think a lot of them are made without trusting an audience to know where to look on a screen. Mm. Um, mm. But I also, I mean, I kind of like touch on this in my review that I wrote, but like even just the editing, like this is a movie that has editing. Like you have these sort of like cuts in the presentation of her live stream, which is continuous. But the thing for me that I kind of realized was I was like the, the much better way to do this to actually kind of, if you, okay, you want to do some, some cuts, why not integrate that by just having the connection go out and then it resumes and we're caught back up and the edit has has commenced like it just it Mm -hmm. it doesn't i don't know why you would you would use this format and then impose these like intrusions of conventional techniques when there are ways to transfer those techniques into the format if this makes sense i feel like i'm kind of like no, that made sense. But yeah, like I just I don't I don't get why you would make this kind of movie if you don't want to adhere to it. Mm-hmm. And um, then on top of that, it's like moral slime. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it's, it's like it's an awful, awful film. At best, exploitative. At worst, a platform. And I yeah, like and that's mm-hmm. the thing. Truly, is it's either like the and I think the way that the film kind of goes about presenting her and the way that it ends with like very much indulging her like she raps over the end credits like it's very much indulging kind of like what she wants to do as a performer and like the options here are either that you're exploiting someone who is mentally ill or you are platforming someone who is spouting extremely dangerous beliefs and i also think just like i mean i kind of touch on this like the 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 monster in the film is like a black woman who has her mouth stapled shut and has a mask over it, like concealing that she's had her mouth stapled shut. And like the, the whole thing there is like really dubious. And I think really fit, fitting into an agenda. Dubious is like a gentle word. Yes. Like, yeah. yeah. It's, it's if, if the movie was good enough that I think people would see it, it would be legitimately dangerous, but I hope that it just kind of fades into the ether and no one has I, to watch this. I, I think it will be on Shudder. I think oh, it will do well on Shudder, yeah. unfortunately. Cons- like, if, if the madness, the Midnight Madness reaction is anything to go by. Right. And, like, I just, I, I, <laughs> it blows my mind that, like, something like this would get into TIFF. That I think, <laughs> y- you know, TIFF, I think, kind of wants to uphold a certain kind of image of, like, being good yes like like capital <laughs> mm-hmm. g good yes uh-huh. and not pla- like not giving folks they see as being moral reprobates yes. a platform like right. in the past without saying specifics so that they never accredited us again like they have <laughs> denied certain creatives the ability to give people the chance to make up their own minds because yes. they've decided that they're worth not About platforming regarding films that i think are much mm. more um like complicated in what they're doing and and much more interesting mm-hmm. and not just straightforward completely reprehensible like i just i can't believe this was allowed into the festival yeah yeah mm-hmm. any right. any other, anyway, any anyway, other everyone who the praised, festival that people yeah. want to like wring their wrists about or like whatever um unpack the crunchy or like problematic mm-hmm. stuff like it's all moot because dash ham exists yeah like <laughs> 
I don't know what they were thinking. Mm. I really don't. Like, I... I don't know. Everyone who like prays is culpable. It's one thing to challenge your audience. Like, I think that's valuable. And I think, you know, watching films that aren't for you is valuable. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see the value in this movie. No. There's nothing to be gained. Yeah. Because it's not even... It's not even, like... Like, contentious, but perhaps valuable or, like, interesting. Like, it, it doesn't... Yeah. It's... Like, there's lots of movies that, like, are made by people who I'm sure politically I I could not agree with less. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like there are movies that I love mm-hmm. that are made by people that I'm sure I would not get along with if we tried to sit down and have a conversation about, like, mm-hmm. the state of the world or politics or social issues or whatever. But, like, there's value to be found there. Like, I'm, I you know, but, I like... Mean, after Blue's a good example. Like, I have huge issues with the director. I think his gender mm-hmm. politics are sus as hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's my favorite movie, The Festival. Yeah. Um, because there's there's so much to chew on outside mm-hmm. of whatever he's doing creatively right. in that space. Yeah. But like this isn't this does nothing. Dashcam like made me dumber. Yeah. Made me angry. And like dumber. it's not even like a morally dubious film that is artful. Like there's no there's nothing to it that I can kind of say, well all this stuff is bad, but this one thing makes it worth existing. It no. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. Alright. Well yeah. Uh don't and no one hate watch it like yeah no it's not even worth that don't Mm -hmm. don't don't hate watch it yeah don't give it your time all right yeah yeah i think (laughs) the only (laughs) other movie i've seen which i don't have to talk about too much because i should have a review going up soon is uh mad women's ball the melanie laurent film which like the only thing but i i didn't i didn't end up yeah, I mean, like, the thing I'd say about that is that I, I do think people are maybe overlooking Laurent as a director. I also just watched Breathe, uh, mm-hmm. her second movie, like, right before the festival, and I think they're both pretty strong. Uh, and I think the perhaps part of the reason is that I think the movie that goes in the middle of those two is an English-language movie with a terrible uh, Nick Pizzolatto script that no mm. one likes, so... Maybe there's reasons to overlook her, but uh, the two that I've seen are quite good. Uh, yeah. Oh, I will say, like, for all of the trickiness of programming TIFF during pandemic, mm-hmm. two of the best films here are rom-coms, or, like, <laughs> unconventional rom-coms. Like, The Worst Person in the World is delightful mm-hmm. and uh, absolutely deserves the praise coming it its way, for sure. And then... Uh, I'm your man is a great time. Mm, <laughs> it has mm-hmm, nothing yeah. profound I'm your to Dan. say. I'm your Dan. It has nothing profound to say, but arguably <laughs> the best anyone has ever used Dan Stevens. Like, sure. mm-hmm. yeah. And like it, uh, yeah, I don't know. I like, it's just like, I'm not a rom-com person at all. I saw two rom-coms at TIFF this year that I was like, okay, I guess those mm-hmm. <laughs> some of the best films mm-hmm. at the festival. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. I feel like Worst Person in the World could take people's choice, just based on how many people I'm hearing say that it's their favorite of the festival. It's very digestible, for sure. Yeah, Um, I think think we're probably going to... I mean, not that that would make it good, or, like, that would be kind of the thing where I'm like, oh, yay, but, like, just... Right, yeah. I'd be interested to see if it does. I honestly have so many guesses that I don't want to say out loud because I don't want to speak them into existence. Mm. One of them rhymes with Last Night in Boho. (laughs) 
I think that's I just, ineligible like, because it did I don't play want to make digitally. Any, yeah. I don't want to guess and be right. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, can't be worse than 2019. <laughs> Are we uh, back? Sorry about that. Yeah, no, I don't no, know what happened okay. there. Uh, yeah. Uh, that was Cameron Bailey. Yeah. Cameron Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. What I was saying was that I don't think that uh, the film that rhymes with Last Night in Boho is eligible because it didn't play digitally. Oh hell yeah! Okay, great. Oh, yes. Interesting. Uh, so yeah, it's like after Blue People's Choice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. I think I'm gonna. I think we're gonna append on a little segment about the People's Choice Awards at the end of this episode. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I think we can cut to that in a moment. But uh, first, do you two want to plug anything? We're around. <laughs> uh, we're, we both, most of our writing is at Film School Rejects. Mm-hmm. I am at The Worst Nun on Twitter. And it is Miami Vice remember, 2006. I couldn't remember the date. <laughs> Miami Vice 2006. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I can be found tweeting about the films of Michael Mann <laughs> and complaining about the use of form in screen life movies. That's all I do. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thank you both for being here. Thank you for having us. Always such a pleasure. Yeah, this is fun. Did you hear Anna's extremely, whatever the opposite of big brand idea is for 12 Days of Mankness? (laughs) (laughs) To just do it again. Mm -hmm. More Mank. Mm -hmm. Don't do Uh, that. We've got got plenty of thoughts uh, that have come up. Yeah. Um, I I also have plenty of thoughts about Mank. (laughs) (laughs) We can't do Mank again. Mank fever has swept the nation. No, it hasn't. I'm inoculated. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'll go ahead and cut to the last little segment. All right. And I'm back, joined by all three of my co-hosts to discuss. Hi, Jesse. Hi. Thanks for all this great TIFF coverage. It's been so exciting having you on the ground. You're very welcome. You haven't even heard the... the Segment I haven't heard that, any of it yet. Yeah. <laughs> I have not listened to the first episode. I, li- I listened to the other one. I, I, I'm going to listen to it. I just haven't listened to it yet. Likely story. Yeah. <laughs> I've been listening to our podcast lately. I think it's pretty fun. Okay, let's uh, suck ourselves off too much. Yeah, you don't need to give the hard sell. Yeah. All right. So, Tiff's over. Bye bye. Another year in the nah, books. Nah, nah, uh-huh. nah. <laughs> and that means uh, that last night they announced yes. the People's Choice Award, uh, as well as several yes. other awards. Right, um, all their big prizes. Right. There's Platform, there's the People's Choice Documentary and Midnight Madness Awards. Um, the Sean Mendes Foundation Changemaker Award, of course. Mm-hmm. The Amplify Voices Awards presented <laughs> Mendes by Canada Goose. Sean Mendes has stitches, Sean Mendes. The Avenue Pro Shortcuts Awards. Uh-huh. Wait, wait, wait. We gotta go back. You said Sean Mendes? 
That's what yeah. the email says. And the Sean Mendes Foundation Change like, Maker Award. Like it's giving share Sean Mendes. <laughs> His foundation that he funds apparently, and they're related to this Phil? award. They I just yes, they it's they the pre- they presumably provide the ten thousand dollar cash prize. Sean yeah. Mendes. <laughs> yeah, what is so hard to believe about? Yeah, I mean, I just Sean Mendes has given ten thousand dollars to the team behind the film. Scarborough. Scarborough. I mean, look, shout out to Sean Mendes, I guess. I am currently... Mm-hmm. Tr- yes, yes, yes. I was, try- I was just trying to confirm that this is the same Sean Mendes and just not another different... <laughs> yeah. It would be something if it wasn't, I would say. Sean Mendes is an extremely common name. <laughs> That's, like, not insane that somebody <laughs> would have a different... <laughs> like, there would be another sure. Sean Mendes who was just, like, a philanthropist. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Maybe. He, I, he didn't appear at the ceremony at all, from what I saw. I, wa- I like, half-watched... Well, he's like, out on the, the Cinderella ceremony. press tour with Camille Cabello. <laughs> that press tour ended, like, two huh? weeks ago. <laughs> they're doing the, streaming now. They aren't doing the award circuit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Uh, they were... Uh, they did a carpool karaoke, and she talked about okay. singing Defying Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. We get it, we get it. Back to the awards. Back so talk award. about the awards, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know anything about Scarborough other than I kept hearing, like, this is going to win some awards, and we'll get to more later. Uh, it sounds like this year's Beans. Uh, okay. That means anything to anyone. Yeah, uh, sure. Uh, so the director's names we should maybe say sure. are um, uh, Shasha Nakai <coughs> and Rich Williamson. Um, it's got a, a nice fun press still with a bunch of children lying on the floor. Um, mm. It's about three kids in a low-income neighborhood to find friendship and community in an unlikely place. And it's a book adaptation. So I had never heard of it until it started winning awards. Uh it's 136 minutes long. It's a Canadian That's interesting. production. Um, it was in Discovery and Next Wave, looks like. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that is like, so they did this thing, because this was one of the top three that was in the running for the People's Choice, which we'll get to later. Sure. But they did this thing on Twitter where they, or and at the awards ceremony, were like, they were like, we're going to announce the top three contenders for the People's Choice Award before we tell you who the winner is, which was just <laughs> a way of them saying who the top three movies were before saying which one won. Um, and this was one of them. And that right. was like, I saw the tweet and I was maybe, like, oh. Maybe we can follow their suit and we're not going to say what won yet, but we can also say that the three contenders were Scarborough, Belfast, and Power of the Dog. That's right. Um yeah, and so it was It was one of those, like, oh, like, if that wins, like, you know, because everyone's all up, like, got their backs up about people's choice and, like, it's, like, part of it being part of, like, the Oscar narrative or whatever. And I was like, well, if this, if Scarborough wins, like, I don't know if that would do that this year. Like, it, no. sometimes they do go a little off the I mean, beaten path yes. and, like... But, like, Scarborough, which is why Scarborough is, like, a classic first runner-up. Not to reveal what it is that it won. Sure. Maybe it did win. 
uh, well, yeah, what if Power of the Dog had won the Sean Mendez Changemaker Award or whatever? Then I mean, Jane Campion would have gotten ten thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been really funny. Um, she yeah. was not was not eligible in that. Uh, <laughs> it was only only feature films directed by uh, BIPOC or Canadian filmmakers were eligible. I see. So it would have been a real scandal. I guess so. <laughs> Even more so if Branagh won. <laughs> yes. Um, right. And it's supposed like, to be a film that yeah. tackles like social issues or whatever. Yeah. Right? yeah so yeah. 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 Um, do we want to go over the uh, Amplify Voices Awards presented by Canada Goose next? Sure. Oh, this sure, is the yeah. one. Oh, this, this, this is, is the one where you have like things to say. I feel sure. like yeah. This is the one that only that only uh, BIPOC and Canadian filmmakers oh. were eligible for. I was looking at the wrong section. Uh, the Changemaker Award. I guess everyone was eligible. You <laughs> okay. just had to tackle so... issues of social change. Yeah, yeah. So, Dune. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the winner. So there was the award for best. Uh, Canadian film uh, which went to St. Anne which is a movie that uh, yeah I am I mean okay so I, I guess the easiest way to frame it is that like if I were ju- if it were just like St. Anne won the best Canadian film I'd be like sure that was a fine Canadian film the fact that it beat Scarborough is right. somewhat baffling uh, considering that, like, you know, like, it, it just, like, is a very, it's a very kind of, like, chilly film that's, like, very much holding the audience at a arm's length. But, like, you know, this wasn't an audience award, so. Yeah, sure. I guess the, uh, yeah. I guess Canada Goose liked it. I'm trying to see who. Well, do you think that does the sponsor have a no, say? No, hold on. In what I'm the looking. There is a jury. <laughs> I, I mean, oh, okay. There, there was a jury. I don't know who any of the people on the jury were or what qualified them to be on the jury. Uh, but it was a five-person jury, uh, and so yeah. And then they gave two awards to that were just regular Amplify Voices awards I guess not to Canadian films uh one of which went to The Gravedigger's Wife which I don't know anything about but then the other one went to A Night of Knowing Nothing which is another wavelengths film which like it's cool whether despite the fact that I didn't really like St. Anne it's cool to see two of these awards going to wavelengths films yeah. and fortunately Night of Knowing Nothing is a movie that I like a lot more and I think it is like a you know the the jury's I I will co-sign the jury's statement which is that Payal Kapadia's unique documentary balances the personal and political with a surprising snapshot of her home country. Shocking at times, but also sweeping in its beauty, A Night of Knowing Nothing is a first feature that already demonstrates her strong voice as a filmmaker. And yeah, I think it's it's a good pick. Uh, Glad to hear. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And they each get $10,000, so Mm -hmm. good for them. Yep. Canada, Canada Goose reigning in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. they are. They they gave out 
$30,000 in total, as opposed to Shawn Mendes, who only gave out a single $10,000 prize. Right. Didn't they give out 40000 There's four mm, films here, There's right? One of oh, them's no. a runner-up. Scarborough. <laughs> I don't think Scarborough gets money. Scarborough gets a yeah, special. The they already got their $10,000 prize. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They get their Mendez bucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess uh, maybe we can move on to the platform. Pro shortcut swords or no? I don't have any thoughts Andy on them. Do you? Uh, yeah. Congrats all the winners. <laughs> yeah. Yep. They get ten thousand dollars and a year of IMDb Pro. So. Wow. Really? That's so we funny. Have, we should have made a we should have made a short film and tried to, tried to get into tips. What if they're like, I don't need the money. I just want IMDb Pro. <laughs> yeah, they, they were all. I feel like I feel like Tiff should be able to just be like, we're giving everyone who. Gets yeah, everyone who's IMDb like in the festival Pro. should get a year yeah. of IMDb. How much yeah, does IMDb think, Pro cost? It's, it's a like, lot more than you think. It's it would like be, twenty dollars a month, uh, maybe a hundred for a year. No, two hundred for a year, something like that. Yeah. I mean that's very funny. <laughs> the filmmaker just, just crying like I was gonna spend this. I was gonna spend so much money on IMDb Pro. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now I can know whose agent was involved in this movie. All I right. mean that's you gotta make moves in Hollywood, baby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yes, congrats <laughs> to the winners. <laughs> All right, the platform prize. Yeah. So this went to uh, the film Uni which I didn't see and hadn't heard about before the festival, but uh, every reaction I saw <laughs> to it was quite positive, so seems like a good winner. Yes. This was the uh, the jury that uh, Riz Ahmed was the Yes, it was uh, Riz Ahmed, Cleo Barnard, Anthony Chen, Kazik Radwanski, and Valerie Complex. I think Barnard... Chen and Radwanski have all direct. Chen and Radwanski definitely have had films in platform. I'm not. I I feel like Dark River was in platform, uh, but I'm not mm-hmm. certain. And then yeah, there were three sections of the People's Choice Award. I think as we mentioned, films that only screamed digitally were not eligible. Uh, and yeah, there was the. Midnight Madness Award, uh, the People's Choice Documentary Award, and then, of course, the People's Choice Award regular. Uh, the Midnight Madness Award, very unsurprisingly, went yeah. to, to Tan. Uh, I mean, I, I guess I didn't see the movies, so I can't say it's a bad pick. It certainly sound I You Are Not My Mother, from what I heard, which is the first runner-up, is, like, fine. Uh, it certainly sounds like Titan is better than Dashcam. Yeah. Uh, if you have, uh, you know, I, I would imagine anyone who listened to the previous segment will agree just based on the things that were said about that film. Uh, yeah. Just Sounds the, like an interesting Midnight Madness this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'll, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll just reinforce the uh, do not hate watch dash cam. Just don't do it. Uh, the People's Choice Award uh, for the documentary. Uh, the winner was The Rescue, which I believe is about the Thai 
uh, right, the, the, the cave. soccer yeah. kids in the cave. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, and then the. F- oh, sorry. Directed. Go ahead. Yeah, it's uh, Jimmy Chin, and I don't remember the other person's name. E Kai Vasarhelyi. Yes, yes, they did. Um, like the fucking Honold, Alex Honold movie that won Free Solo. They did. They directed that. Oh, oh sure. Um, it's them. That makes sense. And this, I mean, we talked about it when we talked about the Telluride lineup. Um. um and uh, what I've heard of it, I mean, it sounds interesting, and I, there's some stuff of, like, recreating stuff with the real people, which sounds interesting. Huh. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see that. I think Free Solo is, like, okay. Yeah, I like Free Solo. Mm-hmm. Classic didn't see it. For me. Yeah. Classic uh, watched sure. it on a yeah. plane. <laughs> mm. I saw that one in IMAX, baby. Wow. Would have been too yeah. scary. I mean, yeah, it's quite high. Uh, and I'm not one for heights, usually. But, um, okay. And then the first runner-up. The Dionne Warwick uh, movie. Dionne Warwick. Which, right. sure. Don't make me over. Uh-huh. And yeah, then... she also, like, won a special prize. At the she ceremony. got, like, one of the award. tribute awards, I think, that was, like, sure. announced before the festival. She won the Charlie Puth Dream Maker Award. <laughs> 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 they were, Tiff in general was really, like, pushing Dionne Warwick. They, like, had her take over their socials, I think, one yes. day or something. That's really they were, funny. Like, they were trying to cash in on the Dionne Warwick. Sure, like, why wouldn't you? Yeah, bubble or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then the second runner-up, a movie I have seen that I, is one of my favorites of the year, is uh, Flea. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, which uh, I've, I've seen a lot of people, like, catching up to it and being like, yeah, this is, like, really good. So I think a lot of people are, 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 are still into that movie. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I was gonna watch it and just like truly could not. I just like once I got home, I truly just was like, I can't watch movies anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah. digi- this is definite. I definitely am not going to attempt to do any digital festivals going forward because uh, just no interest. Uh, but yeah, Flea is like I'm starting to get get afraid like i'm there's flea is one of the two movies where i'm like too many people like this this is <laughs> this is off-putting flea and worst person in the world uh-huh sure um yeah which maybe was yeah. uh one somewhat notably one of the uh people's choice award snubs that people were thinking maybe it would be in that top three and it wasn't yeah yeah. Uh, yeah. And so, do we want to get to? Uh, we've already said that the three, uh, the three nominees for the People's Choice Award were uh, Scarborough, Belfast, and Power of the Dog. If we want to go bo- bottom up, the uh, second runner-up was Power of the Dog, which I think is just like a continuing like. No, audiences just like this movie. It's, like, people keep saying, like, I don't know, I like it, but it's gonna be too cold for audiences. And it's like, no, not really. People just like it. Yeah, That's great. Yeah. I'm excited to hear that. Though, hopefully. Didn't, like, Widows get, like, a runner-up People's Choice Awards? I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting it wrong. But I think there are movies that for sure... Pretty certain it did not. That for sure are, like people's choice runner-ups that then like went on to not be much like beale street sure yeah Beale i street, mean right. not 
when there are people's choice award runner-ups that don't that like aren't don't have wider success it's not like famous movies it's like what won the second runner-up <laughs> if a famous movie is a runner-up it is a very good sign uh and then yeah the first runner-up was the aforementioned scarborough uh do we have anything more to say about i feel like we've and exhausted the, the scarborough change maker award <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It, it got second place here, but its real award was the Sean Mendes Game Changer Award. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the winner was Belfast, which I have truly nothing to say about. Cullen, I mean, look, Belfast won. Belfast won. My excitement was killed by everyone either asking me if I was doing a bit by saying I was excited for Belfast or telling me that I was wrong and it looks bad. Um, but yeah, it looks like just a normal good movie that will like max out at like a three or four and people are (laughs) too in their feelings about it. Everyone's being unnecessarily rude to what looks like just a normal movie and it's going to win best picture and it's going to be very funny when everyone's very mad about it. I don't think, well, I guess people are getting mad about it. I don't know. I think you are perceiving anger where there is mostly uh just no one cares yeah like shrugs but see this is the thing people are already there i mean there's like certain subsects of people we don't need to get too specific but there's like uh, i've seen people be like but this looks so bad and it's like it looks normal i mean everlasting i won't see it but like whatever I mean, unless the tacular. Yeah, the Belfast. I won't see it. That's so silly. I'm switching. Andy's already done, and I won't see it. I'm switching. You already did no, one. No, I'm you're, switching. Oh, you're going to see West Side I Story now. I might see West Side Story. I might see West Side Both Story. Both of you are being very silly I will silly not all see Belfast. Andy will have to see Licorice Pizza. No, I won't. And Jesse will have to watch West Side Story. I, I just said, I've moved off. I might watch West Side Story. <laughs> I might. <laughs> Belfast not happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think Belfast looks pretty nice. I will see it in a movie theater and enjoy myself, I think. I, uh, you know, people like to to turn movies into into things to root against some for some reason. But, like, Kenneth Branagh, come on. He's, like, a... He's made good movies. He's, he's been, been doing Who can say? Ever. I've only seen Thor and have no good memory of it. But this one, the trailer, it just hits. You know. I don't know if the trailer what if, hits. What if Roma was directed by someone who was just lame instead of actively sucking? Then it'd be like a normal good movie. Maybe. What are we talking about here? This is such a dumb conversation. Belfast looks fine. It's a movie in black and white. Watch it or don't. This is about it's a fucking People's Choice winner. I'm yeah, sure, this is what it is. I'm, I'm sure. I'm, I'm this sure. Is right. This is what the People's Choice I, Award I, does I, to I'm, people. I'm sure. I'm sure it's better than fucking Green Book and Jojo Rabbit. It's like whatever. It's like median. It's probably about as good as Room or The Imitation Game. Two other exactly right. that won the People's Choice Awards. Yeah, that's probably right. I mean, the imitation game is very bad, so. Uh, I would say, I mean, I haven't seen Green Book. It's I would like not Parrot su- Core. Like, I guess that's like the yeah. one of the worst things a movie can be. To you. 
Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm I, willing to uh, say Imitation Game might be worse than Green Book. I mean, sure, <laughs> maybe. I haven't watched, but it's like whatever. This it's just like a whatever movie that a yeah. bunch of people. It's like saw. very clearly like uh, a either, words bait. Yeah, that is just like a movie that premiered at TIFF. Maybe it was just like astroturfed into winning. Who the fuck knows? Yeah, because it's yes. so like non-transparent the way that exactly they do their awards. So. Yeah. Whatever. I don't know. It's like a movie. It's like very much like that's a movie that exists, which is Mm -hmm. a mediocre movie won a fake award. Exactly Uh, right. (laughs) And this is the thing. People are taking it to be like, like it's some great, uh, like it's going to be awful because of this. Like it just looks normal. That's not true. It's whatever. It's fine. It was already going to be mediocre and continues to is going to be mediocre. It might be good. It might be above mediocre. Yeah, you're gonna like it, Andy. Yeah, seems slow. I mean, you know, it's the, it's like 97 it? minutes. Come on, that's, too long. that's so easy. No way, not too long. That's so normal. Um, too long for this movie. No way. <laughs> How long should it be? 75. You're crazy. 75. It's about his life. <laughs> <laughs> it's his whole childhood in 97 minutes. Like, come on. Um, care yeah. about Kenneth Branagh's childhood. All right, this is just like anti-Irish at this. Point. All right, okay, let's just. <laughs> I think so. Okay. I think there's plenty of Irish people who I have no who I would be more interested in their childhood. Um, is there anything else to say about the TIFF awards? I don't think so. No, they they're uh, they're seem, they did like a weird pro- fully produced ceremony. Yeah, this they did year. like a produced uh, ceremony. I think they're trying to make these things matter, which I guess like they sort of have as like I guess apart from the People's Choice, which has like it's like outsized like reputation as an Oscar bellwether, but apart from that, it's just right. like whatever. Yeah, and I mean like they also like did their like pre-announced awards at the same time, which I think they had done in a separate ceremony previously. So they like gave Benedict Cumberbatch his award or whatever, right. and there was I forget what the director one was. It was Villeneuve. Um, Denis. Yeah. That's right. It was Villeneuve, Cumberbatch, Chastain, and Dion Warwick. I think. That's yeah. right. I mean, it's just like hard. I think to maintain a reputation, just be like we're the people's festival that plays like two hundred movies, and we have a bunch of stuff, and also we are gonna have this nice like fancy award ceremony. I just don't think those two things are really like work with each other or like unless it's like produced differently or there's like some <clears throat> way they might they manage to like switch up their awards i don't it's just like it's like i don't think it's ever going to be a thing that moves past like a press release that people react to and even yeah, even yeah. and even then that's like a very specific subset of people that react to it like i don't even know like yeah. i don't i though i'm like i'm not from toronto maybe this is something that gets reported like on the news in toronto which is like maybe. a major uh, retro right. area yeah i mean yeah the broadcast like it was being broadcast on television in canada and then like variety was like partnering with them to like stream it internationally on facebook and I, like, tuned into that Facebook stream, and there were, like, less than 300 people watching the Facebook stream, which was supposed to be for, like, all of the world like, outside of Canada. So, like, it's clearly not making that much of an impact, uh, at least as a as a uh, event to tune into. Uh, also, let's just not stream on Facebook. You can do it on YouTube. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I did, believe me, I did not 
ass, ass, ass I'm not. Yeah, I'm not blaming you, Andy. <laughs> I I think in general don't stream on Facebook, but I think that's the right place for the TIFF Awards to stream. But I, it's like hard to watch if you don't have Facebook. <laughs> I feel like oh, the well. target audience is people who have Facebook. Sure. Though. Yeah. Is it though? Like I, you didn't become I, the target audience until they announced that Belfast. Come on. Three. <laughs> I mean, what was last year? Was it like Nomadland or something? Yeah. Yeah, Nomadland. Well, everything last and year. Beans yeah. And beans. Yeah. One night in Miami. And, and then the right. year before that was JoJo. Yeah. yeah. Story and the year before that it was Green, Green Book and yeah. two other things. Beale Street Roma. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the people's choice is—it's always a—it's like a weird thing. Yeah, um, I mean, like, people I always, treat like, it as like yeah. it's like a Oscar predictor, and it's I mean, like truly, no, like, TIFF just programs a bunch of Oscar movies, and people like Oscar movies. Of yeah, course, it's they like win. they they sure. pick crowd pleasers. But it was like whatever that was like Gold Derby, like the odds, like instantly after the. <laughs> Uh, after right. it was announced, Belfast like shot to like the number one prediction for Best which Best is silly because yeah. people already thought that Belfast was going to win the People's Choice Award. Like yeah. it doesn't. Sure. It would have been like it would have been more of a bad thing if it hadn't won than it's a good thing that it did won. Probably. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I always, I, I guess, yeah, I would say like looking at the cluster of three is always like the thing to do for the people's choice award. Like look at like what the three, the, sure. the, the winner and the two runners up were like, as I think that's like usually an interesting assortment of movies. Is it? I feel like it's uh, always it's too, too interesting. It's an assortment of movies. I feel like it's always two interesting movies, the runner ups and then something sort of boring wins. I feel like, yeah. I, but I, I think that's an interesting dynamic. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I just, mean, yeah, it's like the most like, sort of like e- the easiest pill to swallow always wins or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah, but I get. I mean, I guess it's interesting because it's like assuming that these are real, these are like real actual boats being cast, and like that is what determining the whole thing. That like the runner, the things that were close are like sometimes very good movies. Like Beale Street was like the runner up that year. Of, yeah, that like people really in, that are like critically respected and people like, and then the, the, apart and not like one of the like 80 other Oscar-y movies that try to make their way in at TIFF. So, what am I crazy or wasn't there drama that 2018 year where like yeah, the little monsters yeah. like stuffed the ballot box there was for Star Wars that, that yeah, maybe Star is Born was disqualified. Votes. Yeah, right. which is funny. Um sure. I don't but. know. I was unclear on if I still count as part of the people as an oh, accredited as member of yeah. the press. I did vote, but I mean, Would yeah, you, you believe that vote? my vote didn't matter? Yeah. What did, are you uh, at liberty to divulge what you voted for? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's. I, I think you could guess that I voted for drive my car. Drive my car. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, was gonna say, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess I could have voted for more things, but yeah. I didn't. Yeah, I, yeah, when I go, I usually vote for, like, four or five. Everything, I give, like, four stars. Andy plays yeah, People's Choice Moneyball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, I think that's a good way to end. <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, I don't have anything else. All right. Is the end of our TIFF coverage? Yeah, it's, been a tiff. it's the end of our TIFF coverage. Uh, coverage coming at you soon. Yeah. So, yeah. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Can I Kick It or on Letterboxd at CIKIPod. Does anyone feel like plugging their social media? 
Yeah, you know where you to, know find where to find me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm laughing All right. on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and friend Andy on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, I'll go ahead and release our audience. We can watch. Uh, nope. No. Nope. They're not. They're not released yet. Oh, I did on, so Andy's prematurely. One more little thing. <laughs> am I? Am I clear? Go. <laughs> I'm gonna release our audience. Bye. Bye.